Hey, what's going on? This is Jeremy Thome, Marketing Director of 3PL Systems and host of 3PL Live. Excited to share an interview with Anthony Sutarja. He is the CEO and co-founder of Parade. In this episode, we talk about some AI that you could use to make your freight brokerage more productive. We talk about some AI that already exists for knowledge bases, such as Q&A, such as Notion AI. Talk about how AI can write code just as well as some humans and write API points and whatnot. So integrations using AI is coming as well using GPT. And then also some workflow automations. Parade actually has a nice automation where some of the reps, the carrier sales reps that might do eight loads a day can now do eight an hour because it's automating some of this conversation minutia in between the loads. Anyways, hope you enjoy this episode. Hey, Anthony, thanks for coming on to 3PL Live. I'm excited to speak with you. You've definitely made some waves in the supply chain. I, you got a crazy background with like two degrees um, from UC Berkeley, just absolutely crushing it. I think Jet McCandless was an even an early investor of, of your company, Parade.ai. Um, before I get into today's topic about like um, just generative AI and some of the AI tools that you guys are using internally and, and putting out to the market, just like a quick one, two minute thing, like if you could even do it in two minutes, like how did this all come about? Like how did you pull all this off? with your team yeah well great to have jeremy always good to see you uh parade is a ai enabled software for brokers to manage their capacity so really means how do you help brokers buy and sell truckload capacity and what that really means is like find tricks faster automate the booking process and use data to grow their business and stumble upon it after some time trying to figure out the right fit rewind time eight years ago we actually built a freight brokerage and knew very little about the space back then jumping mm -hmm. in my co-founder's uncle drove a truck we thought hey uber trucking like this is probably a thing it's not a thing but we found <laughs> out the hard way shut down that brokerage after two years and spent some time like learning about the space we didn't even know what a tms was we didn't know anything about the track and trace tools and the apps out there and so over time we learned a lot about this crazy ecosystem of tools eventually realized the way to help these people the brokers save time on clicks, really help them automate more of their business is to work with these existing tools. And so we've really integrated with every single TMS platform out there, every single marketplace, every single rating tool to bring this cohesive workflow together so that the broker can focus on finding the best trucks for the right loads and do that really, really quickly. And uh, it's been an exciting journey. Yeah, you guys definitely made some waves. So let's talk a little bit about today's uh, topic about kind of just some of the AI tools that are available and some that are coming in the supply chain. So before we get into that, I just want a couple definitions. Like what is a large language model and like what is generative AI in your opinion? Really exciting new set of technologies, I think, that fundamentally are based off of transformers, which is a way to predict the next token within a set of words and I think it sounds simple, but it's really expanded the use case of being able to predict a lot of different types of words and a lot of different types of things. I think at this point in time, folks have already played around with chat GPT. They've seen all the craziness of what it can do. And I think over the last 18 months or even 2023, it's already captured the world's imagination of what's possible with AI now. Mm -hmm. It just seems so accessible through this natural language form because we'll get into this in a second here but on the enterprise side nobody's like really cracked the nut over 2023 it all seemed very hypothetical that's changing very quickly there's now some really interesting 
enterprise applications of AI in logistics and more specifically generative AI in logistics, some of them more broadly speaking, but others more specific, even yourself. You, I think we were talking just the other week and you, you're saying like, I'm using it for marketing copy. And so there's a lot of like broad applications now that are already happening. And I think it's becoming more oh, yeah. specialized. I feel like it can get here. your job done so much faster to get like creative like ideas and just I feel like a lot of people look look at it wrong. They just look at it like you're, it's gonna replace humans or whatever instead of just being like it just makes it work faster. Like I had to get a podcast episode la last week and there's no way I could have done it without like an AI help because you know there's just too many moving parts just like the episode like title the other there's just all sorts of things to so sometimes you can just speed up with AI. But let's talk a little bit how you guys are using it specifically like. I'm a fan of Notion. I use Notion for my daily workflows, but it sounds like you guys have created like a knowledge base in Notion. Or how are you guys using it, I guess? Yeah, you know, I think one of the core enterprise applications is I would call it knowledge base Q&A. And this is not industry specific at all, although it can be applied very industry specific in practice. And what I mean by that is, Cut all these like knowledge bases here at Parade. We document everything in this intranet called Notion. A lot of other tools out there as well. These LLMs are actually really great. They're sifting through that and interpreting it and spitting back out a summary so long as the, the knowledge has been documented. And so there's been this emergence of tools that capture all of your Word files, all of your slides. Microsoft probably has something out there called Copilot. Notion has this thing called Notion AI. There's other tools like Glean, Sauna. There's just all these different interesting knowledge base Q&A pieces that takes your firm's proprietary data in terms of documents and just makes it much more accessible for anybody on your team to ask information. Because what usually happens in an org as well, I come from an engineering background and countless times that I myself have sat around just not wanting to ask a question sometimes is I, I just really want to just figure it out myself sure. before I ask a question. <laughs> Dan, like I should just I should have just asked that one person, but I felt bad for asking that one person about how this works and what their opinion on it was. Or even just like the reference documentation behind that. And now you can like just ask this AI that's powered on top of these knowledge base services to get those answers quickly, get to the root cause or just learned quickly within the internal org. And so I think it helps streamline communication and knowledge within an org. Tools are already off the shelf today. That's super powerful. Do you have to like uh, train it or something like that? Or do you just upload whatever documents you have and it just does it? Just thing? upload the docs and you don't have to do anything special. It's just it's, uh, plug and play. Wow, that's pretty pretty freaking cool. Let's talk a little bit also about like integration. Some of these integrations could be pretty clunky. I know even at 3PL Systems, we have... I don't know, integrations obviously with Parade, green screens, uh, just Triumph Pay. There's a million different integrations and EDI integrations. Is there is there um, a way that this is going to get accelerated in the future like a, or a better option for some of these people? Because it does seem like it's a little bastardized at the moment with some companies. Now, stepping back a bit, there's three very distinct opportunities. We already covered one of them, and that's the distinct opportunities in AI applied within logistics. One, one is centralizing knowledge, two is integrations, and three, I would call it workflow. We'll talk about that in a second. But on an integration side, there's a lot of old cruft between these integrations on EDI and the different formats out there. The problem behind it is like, well, now you've got to 
get a whole professional services org just to go implement this one integration with this one shipper so that you can do business with them. And just there's all this friction that's there that's not really necessary. What LLMs are also really good at is coding. You know, that's if you've ever tried pop up chat GPT and ask it to build you an API integration to plug into these set of docs, it, it will do it 98%, sometimes 100% of the way there. Wow. Uh, it's also really good at machine to machine translation as well and finding patterns and communicating back and forth. I mean, it's really good at translating just Portuguese into English as well. And so machine to machine language is, is, uh, is a check there. And so I think there's this transformation of what's going to be possible in integrating across any sort of EDI connection out there as more of these LLMs are applied to serving integrations. It shouldn't take a six-month project anymore. I think really over this next year, we'll see more and more tools. There's just some folks out there like BEM.ai that automatically look at the EDI transaction back and forth and then will self-learn how to translate it from this object to this object. This six-month integration now really just takes a, a single day, if not a single hour. And so I think it's going to just speed up connectivity. Wow. Things are changing. There's a lot of different opportunities driving better integrations across the board. Is it to your knowledge too that a lot of the times, like why we even still have EDI, like two tens and two, or you know, tracking EDIs and like uh, order EDIs is mainly. I heard it's because of like the big shippers, like Walmart and Target and those folks like that. Is that what you've heard as well? Like that's kind of my basic understanding of like why we still have some of these older technologies mixed with like the APIs. The rails have been there; they work. There are solutions to go get them working as well. And so it's just, it's, it's hard to get them transformed into a new method of doing a business when they, they tactically work once you get them set up. It's just hard to find new vendors to then connect into it. If you get a new carrier or a new broker out there as Walmart, they've got to go through this compliance process to go test and whatnot to, to plug into the EDI. And so I think it's... Um, Maybe that change comes and it switches over to API, but in the interim, at the same time, it's not that difficult now to build some of these integrations with all the different AI tooling out there. Interesting. Tell me a little bit about some of the stuff that you guys have been working on. I remember you guys had like this tool that you built that would read emails, like capacity emails that were being kind of thrown away because a lot of those like truck drive or like trucking companies would just send kind of blast emails that no one would read. So it looked like you guys built like a tool to like extract that and then plug in valuable information into like a TMS or into your tool for like capacity data. I'm sure that you guys still are using that along with other tools. Like what, what other things are you guys working on? Or you can talk about that as well. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, removing us from the equation and aside, I think there's this emergence of a third category of how AI can be applied uh, into logistics firms and I'd really call it automation of support oriented type conversations. You already see that across the board for some tech companies trying to automate support. But what I mean by that is a lot of these broker conversations with carriers are very important. The carrier sales relationship is critical. The best carrier sales reps almost act like pseudo dispatchers for a small fleet. They know where they want to be. They they have developed that relationship with the carrier and can find them their next move. That being said, that's not what most of these carrier sales reps are spending their time on. They're, they're having to field inbound phone calls. They're fielding inbound emails from the load boards and 
answering very transactional pieces of information. The parade used to read these email truck lists that came from carriers, and that was one way of helping remove a simple task off the carrier sales reps. Plate, you know, why why should I spend a bunch of time reading through these truck list emails just to find a needle in a haystack in terms of a match? We've since expanded that into, well, let's also help the brokers reply to some of these, I would call support level types of conversation. And it, it really is. It's, you know, if you look at these emails, it's something like, hey, is this load from Dallas to San Francisco still available? Uh, mm. What is the pickup time? What commodity am I hauling? This is very transactional type of information. And now with AI, we can really remove that first layer of conversation back and forth between the broker and the carrier. So we've got this tool, a code driver that does exactly that. We automatically have this conversation with the carriers out there that really speeds up the transactional information being exchanged. And then like once there's price action, now the rep can hop on the phone talk over emails, start negotiating. Maybe there's like a long-term commitment they can talk about, but really removing that cruft, which is 80% of the day of a carrier sales rep and shift the focus more towards that relationship dev. Hmm. That's fascinating. What about like how many of your customers do you say are actually like getting more like digital? Like would you, you had mentioned, I think when we spoke that one of the reps did like we were doing like eight loads a day and then they were doing eight loads an hour type of thing. So like what what sort of impact are you seeing and like what why are people scared of it if they are? Yeah, well, I'll start with the latter. It, it just seems like there's nothing to be scared about. It's really this adoption that's rather seamless. This is more of the tedious part of the workflow of brokering freight. Like nobody wants to be just checking the TMS to see that the load's available and replying Yes, it's still available. What can you do on rate? And uh, so I think we're really accelerating the workflow. And you know, we paired this with a carrier sales rep. We're acting with a carrier sales rep. Yeah, she walked into a call that we were just about to debrief on in the previous hour. She booked basically at a rate of eight loads an hour. And you know, a typical carrier sales rep is doing eight to ten loads per day per person. Some of the really great folks doing eight to twenty loads per day per person. Eight per hour, that's that's on the order of 50 per day. And so it's, it's, yeah, it's a huge. step function change. I was just talking with the, uh, the, the VP of operations there that rolled this out, uh, where we're responding to north of 10,000 conversations every single month for them now, helping facilitate these transactions. And the challenge now for them is like, how do they go in more freight? How do they really... Uh, continue to expand as now they've got the bandwidth to go do that, and which I think is incredibly exciting. So I think we're still in the forefront. You know, we've only been in production here for maybe the last quarter. Applied with uh, our customers here, it's uh, the initial results seem quite extraordinary in helping these brokers scale. Wow, that's fantastic. That's pretty huge stuff to be able to like multiply the amount of loads that each uh, carrier sales rep can do. So is it hard? I mean, how, is how much of a like workflow difference is it that they're used to? Have? It's pretty um, easy to use and functional or just very intuitive? Well, I mean, the amazing part is that it just it's part of their normal workflow. So we get them, we get the the conversations, the price action, meaning that the carrier now has been talking about a quote. A lot of the operational process at some of our customers is to then take that quote and put it into the TMS and lock it. 
that adoption is actually quite poor. Why? The carrier rep has so many different things to do. This is just another step in their workflow. It's hard to get them to concentrate on doing data entry. I think what they love about this is that it's integrated with TMS. We, we, we push quotes back into the TMS that carriers offer, even if it's a conversation over email. And so it's not only streamlining the front end of the work there between the broker and the carrier, having that conversation, but on the back end, we're, we're automatically with all of our TMS partners driving that quote back into the TMS. And so saving time on the conversation, saving time on just data entry, it's all in all a net win for, for the rep. Yeah, that's amazing. It's more commissions for them, more time to do other things. What are what are people doing with their extra time? I, I would assume building relationships, doing higher value work, or what, what have you found? That's the piece now where, one, can, how do we help them win more freight? So really looking at, hey, now that they have the time to really get a grasp of their care dev, and that, that actually takes time. You got to go do some outbound calls, talk to these carriers, understand their needs, how they're rotating get that in the system. From there, how does that line up with some of these future RFPs out there that we're about to go tackle as a, we as a, as a broker? Or how are we going to go adjust our bidding strategies out to the open market? We've got this tool we call Advantage that helps the brokers auto quote to all these shipper bid boards. And so having that knowledge of where capacity is and, oh, maybe we can't open up on this lane for the shipper gives more time to dev the relationship so that they know that they have the quote data to support that and really then drive towards winning more business all in all save time so that they can go win more business this stuff is all so interesting like how do you guys like workflow all this stuff do you go sit with someone just out of curiosity at like a broker and like look at all their workflows and then it just seems so complex for someone that's like not an engineer and i don't really think like an engineer so i'm just curious like how do you like map all this stuff out like you use you just go there and study this stuff with these with these brokers or how does it just overall layman's process work for like developing we, like new products? We run a process, I think, similar to to many development Software. firms where sit with the folks. We have what we call design partners. And so for six months, we're really with them in the weeds. We've got an idea. We'll sit down with them, make sure this is like comfortable to the workflow. And this one was like a tricky one too, because like we didn't want to step on anybody's toes. Mm -hmm. There's emails going back and forth constantly between brokers and carriers. And so really working with them step-by-step, step, like what gets you comfortable to understanding the language that we're sending back to the carrier? What gets you comfortable to let us automatically reply? And so it's, it's a design partnership with a few customers at a time to make sure that we get it to a production commercial ready state. And then uh, we, we launched those features. I think, I think what's interesting here in this world of AI is that more and more it's about the art of navigating a conversation and how to progress the conversation. So you know, I like to call what's needed in the future of what we're doing language UX designers. And you know, that term might be completely foreign. Uh, or, or, Jeremy, are you familiar with like a like a UI designer? Oh yeah, for sure. Just like how easily like the the intuitive the software is essentially and like if it makes sense and like you don't have to go and I love intuitive UI for sure. Right. And so like you know, engineers some of them have great uh UI intuition and so they're able to go hack them some stuff, build a new feature, 
but then sometimes, you know, that may not be their skill set. And the, <laughs> the button is like on the left corner that nobody can reach, but it's technically the spec was completed. And that's why we've mm. got UI designers to help really make sure things are intuitive and can progress the user flow. The same thing is now happening, I think, with a lot of these AI-based workflows. It's a conversation. You have to push the conversation a certain direction to achieve an outcome. Like, hey, are we going to do business together in terms of moving the load or are we not? Really helping our engineering team drive towards more specific logistics language that a broker can get behind feeling comfortable with that automation. Emergence of a field, I think, but uh, it's, it's, it's all new and we're learning in real time. Yeah, I heard that uh, last couple of minutes, I just have like maybe like one or two more questions for you, but there's, I, I've heard of like prompt engineering too, like for like people from like GPT that are like asking like specific questions. So it's crazy, like all these different new things are coming, but I'm just curious from your point of view, since you're a technologist and a bit of a futurist, like how do you, how do you view like AI, not so much generative AI, but just AI in general, like taking over like the supply chain, if like you were to like get out of wand and like look five, 10 years in advance, like how do you think that? Do you think that everything's a lot more things will be just like digitally a lot less? I mean, what what is your overall just vision, I guess? Uh, not necessarily for parade, but just for like the industry. You know, I think this is actually a weird one where API driven negotiations and API driven workflows really is, I think, more of the future state. That's like the nirvana where you've got systems that understand the brokers requirements on say revenue and margin the carriers got their understanding of hours of service and whatnot and someday these systems are just talking to each other and like automatically transacting and negotiating over api a more technocratic world that view that i have where systems can talk to systems we're technically already there the problem is that people don't want that today People want to drive forward on conversations. Well, it just ends up becoming this conversation over email to go negotiate a rate. I think we're in this weird phase where we're actually back to email. Soon, I think we're going to have AIs talking to AIs because the carrier is going to have an AI, the broker is going to have an AI, and we're going to start talking to each other over AI. And that's going to be a little really weird. And then we're all going to be like, wait, why are we, why are we doing this? Why don't we just do this all over APIs? And so I think we'll eventually get back to where everyone thought things were going, but we've just got this weird in-between over the next few years to get there. What industries would you say are like ahead of us? Like, you know, like as far as technology wise, like it would like finance be one. I don't know. Is there a lot, is there other industries that are already kind of doing some of the, your future state? Yeah, I guess you could say like the stock trading industry has been largely digitized at this point. We used to have manual stock brokers back in the day in the eighties that would put orders in over the phone and you don't Wild. hear that much of that anymore. <laughs> right. Um, so I think we see a similar vision where how do we enable some of these broker reps to have like a, a terminal like interface so that they can trade at scale. And so we're not there yet. We're, we're carving up the future to, to get there as we uh, we think this, this industry needs to digitize as well. Cool. Two quick last questions for you. One, uh, who is like a good, like ideal profile for like brokers listening? Like as far as like when to, every, obviously everyone should get a demo from you guys, from your sales team and shout out to Jesse over there. He's awesome. Uh, but just in general, like how, like what, what do you guys look for? So people know like when to find you guys or when to think about you. 
If you're a broker looking to scale and grow revenues in a, an efficient way for the folks to chat it with, if you're looking to really see how you can do more with less, we're happy to chat as well as our tools help our customers do that. And so it's really the full gamut. We've got folks in the mid-market with enterprise folks that work with Parade as well as uh, we really think that people have the same problems. They want to find trucks faster. They want to get more efficient, help you do that. And they want to grow their business. We help you do that too. No, I'm a fan. I'm a fan of your guys' tech and team in general. You guys do a great job. Last question for you, just my own selfish knowledge. Do you, uh, are you a pretty avid book reader? Do you have any favorite books or like, where do you, where do you find, where do you keep up with all this knowledge? Cause you obviously are a bit of a maven when it comes to like technology and, or do you have any favorite books? Do you read, I don't know, copywriting books or marketing books or like, what is some of the stuff that you've been reading lately? Uh, favorite book is Mountain Beyond, Mountains Beyond Mountains by Tracy Kidder, I believe. The author might be somebody different. I'm not sure, but it's about hmm. a, a doctor without borders guy that just is on a mission and is probably one of the most inspirational stories I've seen. That's not where huh. I get the AI knowledge. Uh, surprisingly, sure. I get the AI debrief really from not only a bunch of meetups in San Francisco, where it seems like a lot of the activity mm-hmm. is happening, but Twitter, uh, or now X, uh, mm-hmm. I think, uh, I, I'm in that sphere of just reading all these different tweets and it's, there's people are moving fast there. There's a lot of, a lot of great information out there. Oh yeah, for sure. I I'm, I'm not on Twitter, but I use LinkedIn a lot for like information, but I know a lot of people that use Twitter for things like that as well. So, uh, or X, I should say that was a fascinating conversation. Anthony, I appreciate your time. We're where should I send people if they want to learn more about Parade? Come visit us at Parade.ai. Thanks for sticking around to the end of that episode with Anthony Sutarja over at Parade. It's always great talking to Anthony, really smart technologist. And it's really interesting. I could see how a pilot like a co-driver would be really helpful in general, just because like a lot of the times, like when a carrier is asking questions about the load. It's like, hey, is this available? Is this load going from here to here? It's not really something that's adding any value to the load. So why not automate that process and get right to the end where they're actually negotiating? Anyways, hope you enjoyed that. If you enjoy 3PL Live, please review us on Spotify or Apple. We appreciate it. Have a great weekend. Be safe out there and I'll catch you on the next one. See ya.